good morning and welcome to Breakfast with Ban. Here at the Ban Arbitrage Network, we combine data and experience to help you understand the world of collectible finance. Father Ken here. I want to welcome you and join us today on our short edition of Breakfast with Ban. We're going to be covering set releases. We're going to be covering EDH and play demand, as well as some leaks for Baldur's Gate Legends. I want to thank you all for taking time today with me today, as always, Wolf and Wit. How are you gentlemen doing today? Good, good. I'm still drinking coffee, so I'm like 60% awake, so the other 40%, my apologies. <laughs> Wolf, how are you? Uh, no, doing well, doing well. Uh, I finally got to frame my 2017 Nicol Bolas poster and put that on the wall, much to my wife's chagrin, so I'm very happy. Ooh. Did you get a, a preeminent spot above the... Uh, uh, above the mantle oh no 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 there's a reason why she gets the office right next to the front door so when people walk in they see her art and her taste i i'm above the garage but it's the first thing you will see when you enter into this room i love it some of the things that we've been covering over the past few weeks as far as mtg events and things to watch out for we definitely want to be aware hey we had released this past weekend i didn't notice but other people did. It's very important that we remember that release pre-release weekend was this past weekend and release weekend is coming up. Arena is going to be seeing new cards and we'll see a whole lot of new things happening in the, uh, in the brewing mindset over this next week. The other thing that's happening is RTQs are being scheduled across the nation starting in July. We're going to be seeing those pioneer events really pop off, but also I think a lot of people are going to be playing modern in it and sealed it should be a whole lot of fun to be able to play commander legend sealed for an rtq secretversary comes out this weekend you should look for it starting to ship on friday it should be a whole lot of fun to be able to get those in hand and get them selling again we do have some proprietary information regarding the velocity of of the secretversary cards so uh, if you want to hop into the ban discord chat to be able to check things out that would be really cool. One of the things I'm really looking forward to is the Judge Academy L2 swag boxes. They're going to be being released this week. So we, be, we will be able to take a look at all of those awesome cards that are going to be in there, including Judge promos. The L2 swag boxes is a really unique product because more than likely it's going to be between the $200 and $400 range. And it's going to be able to get L2s between four, well, between two and four promos in hand and that's going to really drive the price of some cards way down really quick just like we've seen in the past but also we've seen a whole lot more judge conferences happening both in person and online and judges are getting more and more cards in hand but those prices aren't being driven down so just a few things to look out for in the coming weeks and months but more importantly we're seeing some card movements even today. There's a lot of spoiler movements happening, and there's a lot of cards from the set release that's, that's going on right now. Wolf, do you have anything that you'd like to talk about? I'd like to kind of take a moment and focus on the, the spoiler movements, just because New Capenna is you know currently coming out. I, mean, I think the pre-release just happened, so uh, just a couple comments on that. Um, the, the large focus of this will be eventually on the gaming company, but... With set releases, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, card movement basically on the secondary market as spoilers get released. Um, just a quick comment on that: 
something that I've taken to doing that I think is a very successful strategy is when Watsi announces the product line and then the themes of the sets overall, when you see what those themes are and you can take educated, educated guesses on which cards will move with that theme, you will be selling to the people who start buying cards when they start seeing the actual cards released for the set. So kind of a, a little cyclical nature thing you can do there. If you want to get ahead of the speculators, that's a way to do it. But it does require speculating yourself. But once the set has been spoiled and is about to release, there's a couple of traditional rules which the gaming company has largely kind of flipped on its head. There used to be this thing where you uh, you don't want to buy in the first two weeks because as uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of hype around the new set and the new cards and basically that hype will eventually begin to die down as the set is basically opened and supplies added to the market. Uh, but something that our dear friend, the gaming company, has done is that they will release massive walls of inventory onto TCG Player basically the day that the set releases. Uh, and this does two things. One, if you're high on a card and you believe in it, when they add these massive walls of cards, they begin the race to the bottom really quickly. So it creates this uh, opportunity, essentially. If you believe you're right, you will be able to get hundreds of copies very, very quickly. However, you're going to be wrong more often than not for the aforementioned reasons. But the gaming company drives a lot of pressure on the market with these massive walls. And generally what you see, especially on um, secondary product lines like Double Masters, uh, whatnot, like those more expensive Commander Legends, is that a lot of people will go in and just buy a lot of these walls immediately because it's really hard to get a solid position in, into singles these days and gaming company allows that. However, over time, uh, basically over two or three days, those walls generally get picked clean and then the prices uh, take another couple weeks to deflate uh, depending on basically how the broader market responds to the gaming company. So just a quick little guide about how to possibly play touch and go with how the uh, the gaming company throws their walls up. But uh, I'm curious, what do you have any other ideas? Because I know you, you do a lot of in and out with the gaming company as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you hit it right on the, you know, the nail right on the head because those walls are massive at times too. Uh, so first off, the, the plus side about those walls is it allows you to really gauge just how much supply is in the market. But also if you're watching over a period of time, you can also read what the demand is as well. So if you see, for example, when the, um, you know, if a new set comes out and they have a wall of like 500 of a mythic, that's just a ton of supply. And if you check a couple of days later and it's still like 500 cards, that means the demand is very low. But of course, the reverse is true is if you have, you know, like the double feature that we had a couple months ago of foils from the set. And I remember seeing that the gaming company had only three or four and that was and that was their starting amount. So that was a big notification, you know, no, you know, that notified us that like, hey, there's not a lot of foils entering into this market because the gaming company is, you know, they're quite famous for being a store that opens up tons and tons of product. And if they're not opening up any foils, that means there's just not much out there. So they're definitely the, they're the, they're the, you know, they're the litmus test. They're the meteorologist when it comes to the weather of, of the, of the upcoming sets. They're definitely, you know, not to over glorify them, but they definitely help, help us gauge what's going on in regards to upcoming in to recent sets. 
but I would also, so it, my suggestion would be definitely waiting for the first two, maybe even three weeks before you buy in. But I would definitely say also watch tournament results that are going on for Standard, Modern, and Pioneer as well, and maybe even Legacy, just to see what is going on and what cards are being sought after. One of the things that you can be doing is taking a look on MTG Arena and following some of those arena websites that have a lot of people brewing on them. You'll be able to see cards that people are very high on for Arena in Standard, and I hate to say it, but Alchemy. And uh, that should be able to affect some of the, some of the in real life card prices as well. So we definitely want to be looking for those. But one of the things that happened last week that we didn't get to touch on in our regular cast is some of the Baldur's Gates leak that came out. I didn't think this was going to happen, but apparently somebody, somebody cracked a pack of Baldur's Gate. Courtesy of this individual, whoever they are. Um, we have information about the upcoming set. So, you know, so for what we see between spoilers as well as leaks, uh, we know there are cards that you can cast from Exile. You have, uh, uh, Adventure as a mechanic coming back, which that was a mechanic we thought was going to be in the, uh, Forgotten Realms set. So it's actually kind of nice to see it. And of course you can't have Dungeons and Dragons without dragons. Yeah. So... With that, with that information that we have, I mean, first off, I would say keep an eye. So first off, when we're seeing spoilers coming out up ahead here, keep an eye out on the mechanic background. So there's a new mechanic coming out uh, that's, that's called background. It's So in, in the previous Commander Legends set, we had partner, which, and, which is a mechanic that we had returned from Commander 2016. But now we have background, where it's basically you'll have a commander and then you'll have a background which is an enchantment as your second commander. So that's, you know, so the synergy between the two, it's good to keep an eye on that. I would also encourage keeping an eye out on cards like thr- uh, the Throne of Eldraine cards, specifically the adventure cards, cards like Lucky Clover and so forth. But also, as I said before, Dragons is a big one, and every time Dragons comes out, Dragon cards become more valuable. So the card I would specifically want to draw attention to is the Ur Dragon. So similar to how it, with Edgar Morkov when we were going into the the two Innistrad sets this last year, I would say that the Ur Dragon has a very strong chance of going up more and more in value. It, we could even get it up to the point to seeing it eighty, ninety, and, uh, and up to maybe even a hundred dollars. Similar pattern like we saw with Edgar. And of course, other dragon cards like Udvara Hellkite, which I was just pointed out by our band channel. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. Udvara Hellkite, courtesy of Pride. Yeah, there's a lot. There's just, just look at the dragons and see what there is because there's going to be more dragons. We've already seen one or two and there's bound to be more. TCG Direct on the Erd Dragon Secret Layer Drop is now at $76. You can get it retail as cheap as 60 bucks on Card Kingdom. That may be an opportunity for you to buy in if you get like an 85% deal on uh, Card Kingdom credit, be able to buy in at the $60 price point and then be able to resell at 76 if you're direct. It's just something to think about. Yeah, the uh, the Udvar Hellkite call it. I was actually just looking up. That's one that I'll just emphasize. Uh, arbitrage. That is a card that is always undervalued in Japan, in Europe versus North America, and it is a gift that 
is always backed by Byleist. That's a very safe play, I think. The Ur-Dragon, I was doing a little digging into. Uh, just comparing it to Edgar Markov, which is not a fair comparison, but uh, it will be very noticeable if this card starts picking up traction. Because uh, even with Edgar Markov kind of going down in price over the last 90 days, it's still averaging about 300 orders a day, and, or 300 orders a day, 300 total orders, I believe. Uh, and the Ur-Dragon is only at 140. So basically, the Ur-Dragon's demand will, will have to rapidly pick up. Uh, or, and even if it's slow, there's so little supply, you will notice it on the market. So that is definitely one you can you can kind of play uh, hide-and-seek with and just keep checking in on and see how that's doing. It yeah, I would also... Oh, mm -hmm. sorry. I'm going to overlap you here. Um, one thing I would also say about Ur-Dragon is it is one of those cards where it is like the flavor of the month as well, though, where once we get done with the D &D, our D&D set coming up here, Ur-Dragon is going to probably fall off a little bit for a while. And also, remember, we also have Double-Double double Masters coming up, which means that both Edgar and Ur-Dragon and anything else multicolor could get reprinted. So roll the dice as you like. Penance is a hard ability to reprint, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so it's definitely going to be more fun. Start looking for spoilers starting in mid-May for Baldur's Gate. That's going to be releasing in June, which I thought was going to be July or August or September, but it's a whole lot quicker than what we thought. Well, we also want to talk about cards that have and will be moving. Wit, we're back to you. Academy Ooh. Manufacturer. Yep. You, you mentioned it precast, and I... I'm struggling to understand what that card does. All right. So Academy Manufacturer it is a three mana, three, three artifact creature. And it basically says if you create a treasure, a clue or a food, you get one of each. So that means this card is just fantastic across the board. And I remember even speculating on it the moment it came out, especially when the when we got the Stranger Things uh, secret layer, because there was just so much. I believe it was clue support. So that didn't quite exactly pay pay out as I thought it would, but this is still a card that is still seeing gains. It's been showing up on, you know, there's been a lot of content creators talking about it with a lot of the new stuff coming up with treasures. There's so many combinations that are good with it. It shows up a lot on in EDH decks. It is a card that has just so much value potential up ahead because every time we see a spoiler that has treasures, clues, or food, this card is to be pointed to. So, and the fact that we're going back into Dun a D Dungeons and Dragons themed set, which the last one had treasures and support for it, we're very likely to see this card once again getting pointed to. And it's a matter of time that as long as this card does not get reprinted, this card could end up being because right now I believe it's around eight, you know, six to eight dollars. It'll easily be ten. It could hit fifteen. It could even hit to twenty and. Could even go up further beyond that. Uh, the longer it does not get reprinted, the more valuable it becomes. I want to thank Pride for calling this out as well back on, on April 13th, just a few days ago. It's been talked about in the Discord uh, even back then. It was three and a half bucks on direct, and we're already seeing it jump to seven. You can still get it on Card Trader Zero for $1.77, or you can head on over and try your best at uh, navigating MKM and getting it for a better price there. One of the things that's going on within Magic the Gathering right now in tournament play is we are seeing multicolor decks like nothing else before. So we want to be able to track those, those standard mana bases because standard is going to make a play in late fall. 
as the next set for um, for the regional Pro Tour qualifiers comes out, that's going to be really huge in affecting affecting the format of may it be standard, may it be modern. But I really think that Wizards of the Coast, in cooperation with its regional Pro Tour qualifier companies, they're going to be able to see what is selling and what isn't. And then they're going to jump on board with a format that makes sense for them. I really think standard mana bases are really important coming into this next set, as well as subsequently our, our fall set. So we definitely want to be gathering those cards that are going to be non-rotating. We want to be able to get into them pretty cheap right now and then jump in in the fall to selling. Because once they announce that next format for, for well, in the U.S., it's DreamHack, but for the regional Pro Tour qualifiers, we want to be able to sell into that hype. And not a whole lot of people have standard right now. Not a whole lot of people are, are interested in, in that format because it's, it's really taking turns or you know, hand control. So we, we want to be looking at standard mana bases. Right now we have more colors than Cons of Tarkir standard way back in the day. So just be aware of those cards that are not going to be rotating and be able to buy in when you feel appropriate. Last week I called out uh, Haunted Ridge. Card's already gone up. It's gone up, you know, three, four bucks. I'm having a hard time finding them at a prices that I want to pay. So I keep increasing my, my buy list amount and hopefully somebody comes in with cards and I'll feel comfortable about buying them at that price. Speaking of mana bases, one of the cards that we're really interested in is from Chris. Uh, well, Wolf, how are you doing with Field of the Dead? Yes, I wanted to call this one out because I think this one's a unicorn uh, because this is a card that Legacy is driving price movement on. Oh my goodness, it's been so long since I've seen Legacy actually move the price point of a card. Uh, <laughs> just in the last 90 days, and keep in mind, this is not uh, particularly flashy, but it's driven about 25000 in revenue in terms of copies sold on TCG Player, over 1,000 copies sold. But the most fascinating part is it's actually moving the price of the card up, which does not always go hand-in-hand. Uh, and so this card is sneakily going up. My my machine learning fancy schmancy stuff has been screaming this card at me, and I've just been ignoring it because I just didn't believe that Legacy would actually do this. But lo and behold, this card, and I say Legacy because when I look at uh, the deck list being played, it's only being played in Legacy. I'm, I, Ken, I know you mentioned that it is legal in Pioneer, but I'm only really seeing it played in Legacy. And uh, apparently to enough of a degree that it is actually raising the price and that price is still increasing as we speak. So this is just one that I think is going to go under the radar just because we just never really see legacy move prices anymore. So just wanted to holler that one out just uh, because I think it's kind of cute and fun uh, to see that that's still got some legs every once in a while. I'm just taking a look at it right now and I didn't realize it's actually banned in Pioneer. So it, it, there you go. It really, this really is drive by legacy. Yeah. One well, and of course, also commander players love it too because it fits into any, it can go into any deck because it's colorless, but especially decks that have a very vast variety of mana bases and, you know, of different, lots of different lands as well as, um, you know, abilities to search for 
to bring out lands. Like it's just a great card for Commander as well. So it's already had like a lot of strong footing to it as well. But the fact that Legacy is picking up is fantastic. I am just checking out one thing real quick. I'm over at Harayuya right now, taking a look at pricing. It is actually sold out 300 yen in Japanese foils. Yeah, the only card that my, my forecasting was more hyped on was Thing in the Ice. Even Winota and Seachrome Coast were not as were not as promising as Field of the <laughs> Dead, which is crazy. And all that hype. Watch. Someone probably just bought out all of Har you know, Haruya or something. 1,800 yen uh, for Field of the Dead, which when we transfer 1,800 yen, looking about 14 bucks. This is a really important thing that we have to talk about. We enjoy arbitrage here. When, when you see a card for 14 bucks in, in another country, you have to be willing to buy. We should be checking Japan and the Japanese markets, the Asian markets, a whole lot more than what we're currently doing. You need to set up arbitrage partners across the world, people that will, will receive cards for you and then be able to forward them to you. Otherwise, you're going to be missing out. Haruya ships to the U.S. now too, so you don't even need an arbitrage partner. This should be a, a home run for you to be able to hop in and be able to buy these. It's, it, seems, it seems great. So let's just be aware of our arbitrage opportunities. We definitely want to touch on our European markets as well as our Asian markets. Just seems like fun to me. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if there was like a community that like worked together to do something like that to get like, I don't know, we could even do like a discord channel or something. I don't know. What do you think? Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us this morning on Breakfast with Ban. This is our shorter format. We're glad that you took time to look out over all the things that we've been interested in over the past week, specifically dealing with our set releases, EDH, Play Demand, as well as some new leaks that have been coming out. Watch Field of the Dead. This card could really see some upward movement as, after banning, everybody sold their copies. Now people are starting to wonder, should I get them back? Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We hope that you have a good rest of your day.